Hey, are you aware of the Pamela Anderson 4 video? Welcome to the 2000s. I hate this town. I hate this fucking town. Dreams too big for this town. Hello and welcome to the Get Out Pallet Town, your bi-weekly dose of Pokemon news and opinions. I am as always Elaine, and with me Sybil to give us the hottest takes about Pokemon. What is it? Violet and Scarlet? Those are the ones. Oh my god, you expected me to improv a Pokemon <laughs> joke? Holy shit. You did it. You found the one prompt I can't work with. <laughs> you don't have any opinion on Pokemon Violet and Pokemon Scarlet? No, I stopped playing those games at Red. Well, Scarlet is a kind of Red. Uh, I heard one of them has a twink and one of them has a mommy? Sure. Why not? That's all I know. I mostly wanted to say Gotta Get Out Pallet Town, because I think it's a very good title if we ever go do a Pokemon spin-off for a podcast. If you can think of a way to... I guess there was that Ska-focused album they did, so we could do that as a bonus. Also, you did remind me just now that uh, Real Big Fish did the localized opening to the anime Rave Master. Ska is all over anime. I... Don't know what any of those words mean, and I will not inquire. I'm sorry. Is Rave Master literally an anime about raves? I don't think so. Okay, well, that's disappointing. Do you regret listening to the record that we're doing today, which is The Rooms Too Cold by the Early November, which we're recording in late November? Literally the latest November we can and still do a recording. Pretty mad. Well, we could do it tomorrow, technically, because we're not set on a day anymore, now that I don't have things happening in my life. Um, we would have done it tomorrow. It's almost December! What the fuck? That's okay. Why is time? Why is time? Why time is? Why time dot is? Almost December means we're almost at Santa time. I'm dirty. I don't get Santa. <laughs> What? I only get depression at Christmas. No, Santa comes to everyone. Doesn't matter how old you are. No. Is this a is this a European thing? Did you guys ban Santa for the war effort at some point? Yeah, yeah. We 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 privatized Santa. Now it only comes for the rich kids. Well, that fucking sucks. Well, that's Tory government for you. November is a band which formed in New Jersey around 2001, who changed formation a few times during their early touring days, and of course, managed to get some Warped Tour dates despite their minuscule onstage experience. By the time they landed a contract with Drive Through Records, their formation is Arthur Ace Enders on vocals, guitars, and keyboards, and co-producing, Sergio Anello on bass, Jeff Cummer on drums, no, I'm not reading that in a silly way, that's literally how it's spelled, and Joseph Morrow on guitar, and Rhodes piano, and keyboards, and vibraphone. Stop giving these people four jobs. Look, they're multiclassing. It's, uh, it's like a Final Fantasy III thing. Jeff Cummer just does drums and spooge, and you know what? He's better for it. <laughs> I like the drumming on this record. I know, Pretty that's okay. why I think it's one of the strongest things. <laughs> Cummer didn't split his skill points. Please don't repeat that name anymore. <laughs> Jeff! 
Jeff did good. Do you think this guy got picked on in high school? No shit this guy got picked on in high school. I think you would be hard-pressed to have a worse last name than Cummer. After extensive touring, the band releases their first record, The Room's Too Cold, a visionary concept album about the new room Ellie is renting. Yeah, it's very cold in the UK. Help. <laughs> no singles get released for the record, as far as either of us could find. There are no music videos. And still, somehow, this will be a fair success for a debut album, charting in the US Billboard 200 at 107 and topping the top Heat Seekers album chart. Right after the success of the record, Ace Enders starts a solo spin-off band, I Can Make a Mess Like Nobody's Business, because everyone knows that when your band does well enough, you reset your level and make another one like it's a clicker game. Uh, and that's it. There's not a lot more. Ace Enders will go to like be a, like a fairly big figure in the scene. Like, he has a bunch of solo projects. He's prolific. You You've listened to a thing that I sent you by you, oh, with I a bunch of people in it. <laughs> I took notes. It'll come up. <laughs> okay. Um, I like him. He has a good voice. He has a... Well... He has a voice? Some, some songs on this record sounds like Dashboard Confessional, and he has a better voice than Chris Carabba. That's the, the bar that we're going with here. Ah. <sighs> It's fine. I, I like some of the songs. I don't think uh, anything that I've listened of him, I don't think anything ever particularly impressed me. I like this record. This is not a great record. This is fine. Like, especially as a bat record, like, this is the first thing they made. This is like, this is okay. It's sort of boring. We won't have much to say about it. I am one third into this record. Okay, that's fair. I am half into this record. Okay, this is like a solid 3 out of 5. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, do we want to... Do we, this is gonna be a quick episode. Do we want to start talking about this? Let's begin with Ever So Sweet. Dashboard Confessional, but better. Um, like this is very much this is very, this is like screaming infidelities. This but is without full the, on dashboard, yeah. Yeah, this is screaming infidelities without the awkward lyrics and awful Chris Caraba voice, and it's like, oh, this is okay. Once you remove all of the things that suck from Dashboard Confessional, this is fine. I don't love it, but like. I'm not gonna get angry at it. The lyrics are like sort of dark and not great, but not offensively bad. And uh, the voice is fine. There's like a cute melody. It's sort of like quiet and slightly sweet, and it's fine. Again, this is like you know, you can do the dashboard confessional thing to an extent that is not horrible, and this is it. This is a good acoustic song. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of this kind of acoustic emo song, but this is fine. I, I'm not against it. I would not listen to a whole record of this, and I'm really happy that the rest of the record doesn't do this for the duration. But this is a good opener. I like the guitar more here than I did on Dashboard, mostly because it does go electric or louder in places. However, these lyrics are just as bad as a dashboard album because oh i don't agree go on but i don't agree they're less overtly whiny most of the time but they are just as bad in the we're taking away your metaphor license camp (laughs) ever so sweet you baked it in cakes for me what you left behind it hurts my teeth bringing the past with the postcards you sent for me 
every line, it brings me right back down. Can't you see the wall you build for me? Uh, the only objection that I have there is the teeth line, which is awkward, but everything else is like, it's milk toast. I, I... But nothing flows into anything else out of that. No, it's not, again, it's not great. It's milk toast, but remember, Dashboard Confessional was really bad. They were really bad, but at least someone was writing something. This feels like a guy started rolling a d20 on the song lyrics chart. And next verse is... Cake metaphor... Nostalgia... You're breaking me down, babe. You're breaking me down, babe. You're breaking me down, babe. Sad. Uh, there's also the, the bit where he screams, which is straight up screaming infidelities. I will say Screaming Infidelities is one of the strongest tracks Dashboard has done. It is also one of the funniest ones, but that's mostly because of the lyrics. Oh, yeah. Your, your hair, hair is screaming it's everywhere. <laughs> screaming infidelities. Yes, your hair is everywhere. Screaming infidelities. Yep. <laughs> we love you, Chris Carappa. Please come as a guest. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely. I would love to have that discussion. I would prepare tasteful questions. I am sure you would. <laughs> That's it? Yeah, no, this is, this is fine. And then it ends on like a weird whirling sound effect. And then you get heavy guitars and we go into something that produces results and she shows off her skill right as she takes it all out of her one thing i will say the tracks on this album do flow into each other uh, pretty consistently across the whole thing yeah sometimes a bit too consistently as we'll see in track 3 but yeah mhm mm Anyhow, sometimes something that produces results. I like this track a lot. It grew on me. Like, this is like a solid Midwest Tino track. Like, we've, we haven't really touched on this kind of, like, heavier Midwest Timo stuff, because it wasn't necessarily always charting. But this is a lot emoer in that it has the slow bits with the twinkling guitar. It's a lot less in-your-face pop. Like, it has... Like, it does remind me of, like, more modern emo bands, but, uh, you know, it's a sound that carried through. And I don't know, I guess because we don't do a lot of this on the podcast, this is not a standout, because it doesn't really have a great melody or anything. But yeah, it's a sound that I actually like. It's like the very mild postured core in the verse, and then you get the bridge with the twinkly guitars. That's great! This is, like, all of the people who, like liked American football, but weren't artsy enough to do music like American football, so they went into this more straightforward direction, and it's nice. It's, it's a nice sound. And that, uh, that, like, recurring, not chorus, but the recurring bit, like, you're never wrong, you're never wrong. It's good. It's uh, earwormy. It's like a memorable bit. Even though the melody doesn't do a lot. I like this. I'm I'm much more positive on this. Uh, it's way... My first note is, okay, this is way better, and I like the electric guitar debuting. The problem is that this is my issue with this record. About 80% of the tracks, if they're not full acoustic, start out with some energy, and then just slow down in the middle before an energetic outro again. And I don't mean, hey, we we dropped the strumming back. We're not full ex full explosive. No, they, all the they, time. they they go they go full on like slow twinkly emo guitar like bridge a couple of times in the song. Yes, but it's almost every track. And when you start doing the fast, slow, tender, fast pattern over and over, it just starts leaving me going. Boy, I wonder if I would like these songs more if I cut out the middle. Eh, maybe. 
That's a trope. It's an emo trope. Sure. It's fine to not like, but it's a trope. On this one, it goes hot, cold, hot, too hard. It doesn't really flow into each other. Also, apparently, there is an acoustic version of this track on one of the band's side projects, and that sounds like it would be so much shittier. Yeah, that doesn't sound like something that I want to listen to. Uh, There's a second track on this album that was called out in my research as being on said side project as being all acoustic. And I did listen to that one, and I regretted it. And then we go to the... What is the next song? The Mountain Range in My Living Room. Which uh, flows incredibly well with the next song to the point that I have trouble differentiating them, which is a bit of a problem. But I do like the um, the voice sample. There's like a bunch of voice sample just talking on this one. Ah, uh. it's a very Midwest Timo in the parking lot YouTube mixtape vibes. If you ever, like, you probably don't because you cancel your history on YouTube after listening to stuff. If you ever got recommended those, like, weird um, emo mixtape, emo, like, Midwest emo mixtapes on YouTube, they all have, like, night parking lots where it's raining as their cover, leather, uh, you know, thumbnail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that vibe. It's that vibe. Okay, but... This is literally we built this city's radio weather breakdown. <laughs> what? It's about 90 seconds in a 4-minute song of college students muttering into a microphone recorded from what sounds like dating profile tapes. Yeah, it's vibes. Is it is it vibes? <laughs> it is vibes. I guess it's vibes. I I came into this one really... Have you ever seen the... There's that tick... No, not a TikTok. There's that video of, like, there's a couple that's having a fight. And it's, like, on like, like on the street, right? And they're having a fight. And there's, like, a thousand uh, remix of that fight with, like, emo guitars on it. That's that vibe. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm now just imagining the one of the big scenes in Marriage Story being used as uh, some kind of emo remix, which is weird. Also here I found it. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Someone actually did it with Marriage Story, Sybil. I, of course they did. Of (laughs) course they did. There you go. Adam Driver screaming every morning I wake up and I want to die under some generic guitar. Of course. Here you go. (laughs) You're going to do this to me, huh? Okay. Oh, no. Yep, it's the exact scene. I wanted to be married. I'd already lost. You didn't love me as much as I loved you. What does that have to do with L.A.? What? You're so merged with your own selfishness, you don't even identify it as selfishness anymore. You're such a dick! Every day I wake up and I hope you're dead. Dead like if I can guarantee Henry would be okay. I hope you get an illness and then get hit by a car and die. <laughs> I 
by the way, if anyone listening to the, if anyone is actually listening to this and wants to find this video, they are Midwest emo scooter kid meme and Midwest emo intros be like. You can find them on YouTube. Watch Marriage Story. It's better than this album. I haven't watched Marriage Story. Oh, it's so good. I, I just don't watch movies anymore. I only watch Supernatural. Well, you know, Marriage Story is kind of like Supernatural in that there's a big lumbering weird dude and a small twink. Adam Driver does have uh, Sam vibes, to be fair. Yeah. Adam Driver could be MacGyver. <laughs> Not MacGyver. Um, no, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger? Walker, Texas Ranger. Yeah, sorry. They did both reboots within a few years of each other, and I mix them up all the time. I can't wait to hear you pronounce track four. That's... <laughs> Very evil. Um, thing that counts as racism. Um, <laughs> track four. Sesame Smashamy. Sesame Smashamy. Sesame Smishame? Oh. <laughs> you did that one just to get that back at me. Yes. <laughs> so come and work all inside of nothing. The place where we live our lives. And take all you want. We ain't got nothing to lose. We're always looking Yeah, my first note on this, what the fuck is up with the song titles? Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, this is like the worst song so far. It's sort of like melodically obnoxious and it goes nowhere. Um, I like the guitar, but that's pretty much it. That's one of the low points for me. This is the point where I started realizing there was a pattern to this album. Oh yeah, it's gonna start out with energy and they're gonna fuck that up. And then my third note is, yeah, they did it again. You described the plot of Yu-Gi-Oh 5D. It starts with energy, and then they fuck it up. This is an incredibly niche joke. <laughs> Sometimes I think that you and I just specked into entirely different categories of pop culture. Because between Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh lore, I don't know if I can follow you there. The fun thing is that I never even, haven't even watched that anime, and just for some reason vaguely aware of what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the I got like the dun, 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 guitar on this one, but the, the vocal melody is just so like whiny, and I'm really not into it. It just doesn't do anything that enthuses me. This is around the point where I started tracking how many lyrics there were compared to how long a track was, and noticing the gap because they. Get into the slow part, where they speak one verse in 30 seconds. Pretty much, yeah. Also, this is where you told me about the curse track. Oh, the Bittersweet Symphony cover? Yep. That is a more recent one. It's called A Sanders and All of These People, or whatever, something like that. Um, and they made a Bittersweet Symphony cover, and Mark Hoppus is on it, and other people. So that's where my notes for that go. So let's just take a detour to Bittersweet Symphony Town. Sure, you can talk about it. It's not good, but, No, it's not, you know. but Bittersweet Symphony is, like, one of the most cursed singles in record history to me. Because it is a song by a one-hit wonder band who sampled the Rolling Stones and did things correctly, in theory by getting the permission of the record label and checking all the boxes first. And then the band's manager sued them, and it got to the point where they had to give all their royalties to the Rolling Stones, who surely fucking needed it in the 90s. And Jagger and I think the manager got co-writer credits on the song, which they did nothing on, and the whole thing just blew up in their face so bad the band immediately disbanded after their one hit. 
So covering covering this track is like playing with fire, especially when you decide I, a generic emo vocalist, need to do a pretty bland cover, but the entire gimmick will be 30 guys doing the vocals line by line with me, all because of the lyric, I'm a million different people from one minute to the next. Terrible. And none of them gel together. Like, think... The a- guy from uh, Relying Keith, isn't it? Yeah. A lot of pop punk guys we've covered are on it. And this is like you mix together an entire anime's worth of voice actors onto one backing track to sing the OP. It's pretty bad. It doesn't what, gel. What, 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 what anime would this open for? This would absolutely be the opening for, I'm going to say, Bochi the Rock. I don't know what there is, but sure. It is some of the most U-Core energy there is. I'm surprised you're not into the shy girl in high school who wants to start a band, but also doesn't like to be around people to the point that she has, like, literal melting animation-style breaking freakouts at the thought of being on a stage. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, that sounds me. It sounds (laughs) incredibly you. That's fair. That's fair. Anyhow, yeah. Uh, this this cover is so much worse when you start mixing vocals near the end, and then you can literally hear how much these voices don't gel. I don't know what caused them to do this, but I hated it. I think it, it was the pandemic. You know what I didn't do during the pandemic? <laughs> Record the cover of Bittersweet Symphony? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you could have. I just started four more podcasts. Including this one. Mm-hmm. Are, are they all four? Are they all four still going? Yes. Cool. I never stop a project. Never. Well, no, wait. One of them did stop. One did stop. Okay. <sighs> What's talk, next? Let's talk about Baby Blue. Actually, uh, this is my number one track I, on the album. It's pretty good. Uh, I start like my first note was we've entered the mediocrity zone, and then I got through with the song, and it's like no, this is actually pretty good. Like I like the the little chorus of I don't want to love you anymore. To, I don't want you to love me anymore, which is like good good emo energy right there, like good melodrama. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has a lot of energy. It doesn't have a lot of going melodically, but it has energy to make up for it, and it's in- the lyrics are incredibly melodramatic, but like in a way that's like, yeah, and it works for this kind of music, like, uh, it's what you want from emo, uh, and it, yeah, it's, it's that kind of like, really, really just like, dragged on singing with melodramatic music, and the drums and the guitar are just sort of doing their own little rock song in the background, and it's sort of really good. They don't do the masturbatory slowdown bit on this track, so it's very quick, it comes in and out at 3.11, and also, that might be because, according to a genius annotation, I can't speak to the veracity of this, 
The part that you like with the I don't want you to love me anymore comes directly from the Get Up Kids, which they cite as an influence. That's probably why this track is good, because they didn't slow things down. But I will also say, this is the second track on this album that has an all-acoustic cover on that side project, and I listened to it, and holy shit, that what a misfire. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't sound good. The no. whole point of the song is that it's like heavy and has energy and has like the guitar. Yeah, it's a real shooting a full clip into your leg misfire. I don't think that counts as a misfire anymore. That counts as self-harm. That's a drill tweet. I don't, I don't remember drill tweets. Oh, okay, so you're not that kind of terminally online. Once again, our pop culture difference. I, I know some drill t- tweets, I just don't follow the guy, so I don't have a full knowledge of drillness. T- me directly. Has he been banned? No. Has he been banned with the whole Emelon mask thing? Nope. I'm okay. sure I'm sure he, that uh, Lemon would love to, but no, the, the interview he gave this week talking about how that guy is the death of Twitter is pretty great. I love it. Yeah, I saw some excerpts. I tried to give that interview because he was banned, but I guess I was wrong. No, I think he was doing it just to try and get banned, which is even funnier. That That is pretty funny. Absolute top-tier poster drill. Yeah, good poster. Good poster. Next up is The Course of Human Life, which is also some drill tweet territory. <laughs> and it has an incredibly bad opening. This is my second favorite track, which is wild because it's the second longest track. Um, this song feels like the, this is the heaviest song on the record, and I don't really like it. Like, there's a, some cute bits with the guitar, like the the ding do 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 It's nice, but a lot of this track feels like they're trying to be Thursday and failing at it. But this is this is what I want out of a first album is we don't have everything locked down yet. We're going to experiment a little. There's going to be some tracks that might not work for you. This is great because it's so different from the rest of the record, and it's playing to my lane. I got really upset for a minute because at 3.30 in, it starts going slow, and then it was only a few seconds. They used an interlude correctly. It was great. (laughs) They used an interlude correctly. Yeah, no. I don't think this is a bad song. I... I think again, the, this song just makes me want to listen to makes me want to make me. I just want to listen to Thursday when I hear this because they they make songs like this that are way more realized and are way more interesting. This feels like you know Baby's first Thursday, mm-hmm. while like when they're doing like things that are more specifically midwest themo like in the previous songs i feel they are already more realized and more they have more of a shape and are interesting things to it i'm not particularly interested in listening someone trying to be thursday for the first time that's it oh yeah that's my favorite bare naked lady song feels just like i'm thursday for the first time yeah sure <laughs> yeah yes um, what is the next song? Well, speaking of American things, Dinner at the Money Table. I got a day and a reason why I should not believe in anything anymore. What's this for? My time well spent. Got all these memories that I cannot believe in. Cause 
this is the bad acoustic song of the record. Oh yeah, this is uh, everything I hate about this album in a single track. I mean, this is another. It's a second acoustic song. It's four minutes. It's incredibly repetitive. Uh, and has a melody that to me is very annoying. I don't have anything deep to say about the song aside from listening to this annoys me. While the opening track is fairly good at doing the acoustic thing, this isn't, and I just find it sort of whiny and annoying. Eh. Still better than Dashboard. Still better than Dashboard, but not... This could be a Dashboard track. It would have to have way cringier lyrics to be a dashboard track. He goes turbo whiny to close the end. Also, we're not bringing up the lyrics much, but these are... In- they're not, they're, they are not anything special. Yeah, they're they are, incredibly generic. They are like, roll, roll a d20 to generate to on the emo lyrics table. Mm-hmm. They're not bad in that there's nothing like offensive. There's nothing like that Chris Caraba would write in them. Uh, they're just, like, fine and generic. This track made me realize that this podcast has got me to the point where sometimes I long for a little misogyny just to spice up an album. <laughs> uh, that's incredibly problematic, Sybil. It is incredibly problematic, but this is straight up the inverse of the course of human life. It is a slow track with no energy and repetitive lyrics and vocals that has an almost redemption at minute three out of a 358 song, but then it turns out the speedy, energetic bit is only a brief interlude. Fuck you. We're going to go turbo whiny to close. Also, you realize that uh, the clip of I Long, Sometimes I Long for Some Misogyny will definitely be like picked up by some turfs and... You know, posted all around to be like, see, trans people are misogynist. I don't give a shit. So, that's right. I just quoted Jay-Z. Speaking of misogyny. I I don't give a shit a Jay-Z exclusive quote. Oh, you don't don't instantly think of 99 problems whenever you hear that bit? No. Okay. I, I will always just think of that bit in the middle of 99 Problems. Anyhow, this song sucks. <laughs> this is just, like, boring and sort of annoying. I don't have any technical reason. I don't have any technical reason for that, because it's not that worse than the opening track, but just the melody is annoying and whiny in a way that the opening track wasn't. And it's just vibes. Again, it's just vibes here. There, The vibes are off. This is the one where I will give you that. Dinner at the Money Table is, like, peak lab designed bad vibes and then we go to um, exchange 200 Like, this is one of the most unmemorable tracks of the record, but it has good vibes. It's the opposite of the last one. Oh, this one's bonkers. I love this. No, really? Go go for it. I, I don't remember much of it. I just remember sort of enjoying the guitar vibes all over and being like, yeah, this is fine. So this is a giant fake out because it keeps teasing, amping up the energy with a guitar screech and a build, but it doesn't rise until we get to the chorus. However, that sound is a fascinating move from a band that's been very formulaic over this album. And I will say the mixing has problems on the chorus and directly after where there are two vocal tracks and they're kind of fighting with each other. But it's it's a sound that is very distinct, does something interesting that I don't hear often, didn't make me mad, kept an energy up, 
the track is written out like we say exchanging 200 and you probably think of the number but no they wrote it out as three words which makes me think of a sneaker pimp song i love wife by 2000 and isn't ath a bitcoin thing ath exchanging 200 i don't know why that would be bitcoin specifically why let me Google this. I don't know. Are you getting an My ad brain on this? Make... What are you talking about? Yeah, ATH is the is the the code for Ethereum, and exchanging two hundred, if you write it as three words, has ATH as its abbreviation. Okay, did but they this predict is... bit. Did they predict Ethereum? I hate that you said you have absolutely just killed the excitement I was bringing into this by making that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I still think this is my my brain associates things Um, it's a neurodivergence thing I I don't know it's a good song it is a good song it also might have have predicted Ethereum it did not predict the only way you could say that is if you count the electric guitar circus organ outro as being this is gonna be a fucking clown show in the 2020s (laughs) <laughs> Please send us a mail if you also think that the early November predicted Ethereum. You're gonna get us the worst kind of crypto spam. Uh. Next up is my sleep pattern changed. Or just thinking the fact that I went to bed at way too late in the morning. Yeah, you went to bed at 3 a.m. and I scolded you for it because that's not something you should be doing. <laughs> you you went too early. You went too early. It was five. Oh, <laughs> you're 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 not, you're not a right table. You not at all. You're least. like sixty. You you're like sixty. You should be sleeping at regular hours. I know. That's the last positive I have to say about this track. Uh, it is straight up a high school band bullshit song. Yeah, this is like this is like a different guitar. Again, another annoyingly soft me- vocal melody going on here. I like the layer vocaling at the end, though. I don't hate that. It's okay. But this song is overall not worth that. But I do like how they layer the vocals at the end. It exists. I just yeah. There's not much to it is the problem. It's one of the shorter well, tracks, and it's still underdone it feels on vocals. Like, it feels like a failed song from, like, Jimmy It Was Clarity. It feels like the thing that would be on your demo track that you never let see the light of day again. This just feels like something out of a Jimmy It Was Clarity, but without the songwriting that Jimmy's word is good for. So it's sort of just like... Bleh. Let's go to, the, to let's go to Flaxy, which is a, my, probably my favorite song of the record. this track please gush 
I mean, I don't, I don't have, a, like, this is one of the tracks where it's like, it's good. I don't have a lot to say about it. It has good energy, good guitar, it's loud. They don't do a lot of it, but it has a big, there's not, like, a big climax or anything, but it's loud, and I like loud. This whole track is loud and shouty, and it's fun. Interesting. This is the one I described as freeze-dried pop-punk. It's just, like, you took pop-punk stock out of the freezer, but you forgot to add water to it, so all you have is the bare essentials. Yeah, but it's still loud. Like, it has loud guitar and a voice shouts. That said, do, do we really need more from music? I don't think so. Is there, is there anything more to music than a white guy shouting? <laughs> I don't think so. Not in 2003, at least. Smiles like the sun to me So bright it's weakening So Let's go to the next song. Everything something. Everything's too cold, but you're so hot. I hate this song title, which is a problem because I like the song. I think this is a solid closer. You hate it? I know you hate it. I think it's a solid closer. It does a lot of instrumental things that are different. It has a great vibe. I like the quiet electric guitar on it. I think all of the synth stuff and the organ stuff on this sounds really cool. Um, I think it's a good vibe. I think it's a good song and it's a good closer. And the title is cringe as fuck. <laughs> I think this is a good track if played at two times speed. Y- yes, the Adam technique. Well, here's the thing. This is a six and a half minute song. And during the first four minutes... I jokingly wrote down in my notes, this is what feeling, this is what being under slow in an RPG feels like. And I started to wonder. It's fine to sometimes have tracks that are slow and atmospheric. But this sounds like when you take a Chipmunks record and slow it down to the speed it was recorded at so the vocals are normal. I don't care. This, This is cool. This is chill. This is like... Um, emo ambient. I like it. It's cool. It has like sad vibes. It has all of the instrumentation going on at the end where they put up the like organ and shit. The mixing is the mixing is god awful once it gets loud. Oh, the game, the mixing on this is mediocre on this record. I agree, but much you gonna do. Also, every time you say that the mixing is bad. Nowadays, I just remember that tweet that I sent you with the nerd emojis. The more nerd emoji on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mock me all you want, but I've been doing audio work regularly for going on 15 years now. And I'm the one who edits this podcast. I'm allowed to mock you. That's true. You, d- you don't do audio work for us. I don't. I actually, I do somewhat regularly. Whenever you have a bad time, I take over the recording and editing. You edited exactly one episode. I did like three. No, you only edited one. Two. Two, because you also did uh, the Ska one. See, I knew there was more than one. It was two, but the Ska one doesn't count because that was just 15 minutes of you talking about Ska. Yeah, I was trying to be the Jeremy Parrish of Ska and it worked. Don't know what a Jeremy Parrish is. Yes, you do. Game Boy Works and all those videos. I, I, I'm not familiar with them. What? How do you not know? Jeremy Parrish is like 
games adjacent trans woman core. One second. Is he like the nostalgia critic? That's the most hateful thing you could say about a very good man. <laughs> but yes, he does have the kind of hat. Does he remember it so we don't have to? No, he researches it so that none of us have to go through that shit. So yes. Watch him talk about Heiankyo Alien. Then you'll know. Okay. <laughs> He's Are we done with this? Same song, different chorus. This is a debut album. This is firmly a debut album, and I have no problem with that. Everyone starts somewhere. These are better bones than some of the things we've covered before. I should actually see if they come up again. Their next album is a three-disc uh, uh, concept album. The Mother, the Mechanic, and the Path? Yes. Well, it's on our list, so we'll get there in three years' time. Do you think this band can do a three record, a three CD uh, concept album? I think the way their sound is split up, I can absolutely see them doing that. It all depends on how they decide to lean into each. But yeah, man, this is a solid debut record. It's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think I will listen to much of this again, but I don't have anything against it. It works. It's just promise. Um, I'm not looking forward to hear this dude doing acoustic things. Oh, don't, don't. I I was not kidding when I said that the Baby Blue cover is terrible. Fair enough. So, but yeah, this is a solid demo record. We don't do a lot of Midwest team on this podcast, so it was a nice change of pace. We're going to get more of it. It's coming up. So this was an episode. You can find us on our website at getoutofthistown.com. And uh, I don't know. I don't have much to say. Go leave us a review. It's good. It's all good. Do you have anything to plug, Sybil? You can find me at my website, hellscaper.com, with links to all of my projects. And you can find me as always on Twitter at ACCTheMoon for as long as Twitter lasts. And we do not have a Patreon, but if you want to support us, please buy back Twitter from Elon Musk. It's, uh, he's embarrassing himself at this point. It's horrible. He's going to... I don't know if I should keep that. Good night. <laughs> you should just bleep out the one, two words in that and leave it. Okay. Pick your favorite. Sure. <laughs> Good night. Not like I've got no time to stick around. I'll catch my flight like a pop pocket and get out of this town. What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down. Let's terrify.